guys. Welcome to Mutually Codependent with Adam and Jen. I'm Jen. And I'm Adam. I hope everybody is doing spectacular today. Um, Today on Mutually Codependent, we're going to talk about what we thought the 40 would look like. We are not 40 yet, but we're almost there. I turned 39 on this coming Sunday, which will be in the past once you've heard this episode. Um, but yeah. We're close enough to realize that 40 was very different than what we thought it was going to be. Yes. And we thought it would be worth a podcast to kind of talk about it and our expectations. Um, Throughout the ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> if you don't know, now you know that we have a strain of the show. I may end up with like a little rhyme, a little haiku or something. I hate haikus. <laughs> I don't, I still don't understand. I couldn't tell you the number. But anyway, uh, strain of the show. Five, seven, five. Right. Five, three, five. Five, seven, five. I think it's five, seven. Yeah. Five. Um, strain of the show is something that we use. It's a uh, flower that we are smoking. That uh, that uh, is available through Texas Canna Health, CentexCBD.net. Uh, um, this week it is a pre-roll uh, from Happy Shaman, I think. No, this no. is from Hemp Living. Hemp Living. Hemp Living. This is a uh, marshmallow OG. Uh, it's labeled as a hybrid. It is definitely something that we've learned that we can smoke anytime for any reason, and it's just it's good. It's uh, it's not harsh, very light flavor, kind of a marshmallowy, oaky, sweet flavor. Yeah, and some people are way better at pulling those notes out than I am. But uh, even Landon, when he tried it, he was like, "This is yeah." There's like a, a it, so like caramel, and I'm like marshmallow. He's like, "Yeah," <laughs> and uh, I, I'm kind of jealous because I don't it's very get all those sweet. hints. Yeah. I like it. This is one of my favorite strains. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you have a headache and you need it to go away, but you don't want to fall asleep or take a nap or be too energized, this is a pretty solid hybrid. You can smoke this anywhere and do anything. Like it's maybe not anywhere. But. Yeah, and it's it's 18.2% THCA. Uh, so it's enough to get you where you need to go, but it's not like overwhelming. Like this is something you can... Just hang out and smoke for a bit. And I think that's people forget that that's a thing. Yeah. Like <clears throat> the activity of smoking isn't just for the intoxication. It's it's a time to sit back and just breathe. Literally. That's what yeah. you do. Just, just breathe for breath. a minute. Take just, a break. Just take a few minutes to breathe. and Almost like smells like a cigar to me. Okay. Like when it's burning. There's almost a cigar-y, or maybe not a cigar, but like, um, I guess, what's a Swisher Sweet? That's a cigar. I was going to say, like, you're like a flavored cigar. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like, like Swisher Sweet. Like a vanilla or, or or like... Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Vanilla. Russian yeah. cream. Russian, yeah, see? <laughs> that's that's probably whatever it is that all those things have in common. The yeah. first thing I ever smoked was a... Clove, clove yeah. a strawberry clove cigarette when I was 14 with my cousins, Amy and Brian. I The first time I smoked was uh, a clove cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, Kim. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, we were, uh, we were laying down on the driveway because 
because both parents were gone. Oh. There were no cars there. And it was, I think, I don't know. It was, uh, we were just hanging out. She's like, I'm going to go smoke. And I was like, what? <laughs> Since when do you smoke? No, I actually knew that she had smoked, but she would only do it like in her car. She, like, she, I don't remember her being like. That makes sense. Uh, or around, I don't remember her doing it around the rinse, if you will. That's something. I, I, I liked clove cigarettes. I liked the way they tasted. They were delicious. I think that's probably why I like um, like the hemp cones, like the ones that are flavored. Yeah. Yeah, like the king palms that are, because I like the flavor. Like yeah. The smoke. It's delicious. It's, it's why vapors vape, I think. I guess. I mean, I smoke to get high and for stress no, relief. No, I mean, I meant the, I like, like the oh, cloud yeah. vape guys. I prefer to use those because, well, that, I don't cough as much either with those. Yeah. I don't choke. <laughs> so, well, yeah. so marshmallow is great for any time and it obviously works quickly. Yeah. We just went on a four-minute tangent. I'm not even sure where we where we stopped. Eighteen. We were talking about the marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the taste of marshmallow. And then the first things we smoked. Yeah, we were we were talking. That was a long strain of the show segment. <laughs> Longest yet, I think. Probably. Uh, so. I do like how harsh it's not. Yes, I agree. It's something I appreciate. Like monkey pie that we smoked last week. Like that's, but that one's a lot heavier. Like it's a harder hitting strain, Mm -hmm. but it's a good strain. Like you don't, you don't, it's not harsh. You don't choke and cough. I hate coughing. Like the Gary Payton we were smoking last night. It's, we've had like several pre rolls of that and it's been great, but something about the, the ones we were smoking last night. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was different, and we were we were hacking, hacking. But yeah, so uh, we wanted to talk about you know forties. We're approaching forty, both of us. I'm I'm very close to Jen's age, uh, and uh, we're both thirty eight currently. Right. I'll be thirty nine come Sunday, September twenty fourth. And I just turned thirty eight. Yes. So. Um, but, but the, we were thinking about like, okay, we're approaching 40. We're close enough to 40 to know that we didn't really, <laughs> like, we didn't really have it right. You know, when we were oh. thinking about, well, first of all, what is a 40 year old and how old are they? Oh my God, they're so old. Yeah. And then I feel way younger than I think I should. <clears throat> yes. I, that's, that's kind of how I was thinking about it. Like. I, you know, the past like week, it's very much hit me that I am about to be 39 years old. And I don't know why, but that's a really strange age, I feel like. It's, uh, we were also helping plan our, our 20 year reunion, which yeah, is coming up. 20 year high school you know reunion. This is, I think, a significant one more than any other because it's the first reunion you have that you've spent more time out of school than you spent in school. Yes. So like, very much so. Your life is much more important now than your school life. Like by well, a yeah. lot, or sh- certainly should be. But um, let's hope so at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that uh, you know that's coming up. That's part of this age. You know, <clears throat> yeah. we're we're we've been adults longer than we were kids at this point. I haven't really thought about that till right yeah. right now. Yeah, we've been adults longer than we were kids. Like 
I mean, for example, like when we were like, let's say like when we were 15, 16 years old, I thought that I would be a doctor, like, and not like a pediatrician or an oncologist or an ER doctor. Like I thought I would be a medical examiner, a coroner, or somebody who did worked in the funeral services industry. So, and I am not doing any of those things, um, which is fine. But I imagined that, you know, at 15, I imagined I would have a great career and I would own my own home and I would have a dog and a cat and that's it. And like, I didn't ever envision marriage or children for myself when I was younger. I, I'm not sure why. I just, that that wasn't something that I was like, yeah, I can't wait to be a mom. Yeah, I can't wait to get married and do everybody's laundry. Like, not that doing that bothers me. I, I enjoy doing things for people. Um, so that's the weird thing is like, I I enjoy my role as a mom and a wife, but at 15, the, that's not a role that I thought I would be fulfilling at 40. Yeah. Which, and I think that's kind of backwards because I feel like most women probably do, or a lot of women do envision that role at 40. Yeah, probably. But I think it was, my my guess would be uh, you didn't have that plan because you didn't want a plan. Everything, you were always told who to be and what to be and how to be. Yeah. And so that was just part of your, I'm just going to be for a while. And you couldn't even see past that because you just wanted to be. Yeah. I, um, I had a friend in high school, his name was, his name's Will and, um, I remember telling him one time, he's like, so what do you want to do after high school? He's like, so what do you, I was like, I, you know, man, I just want to have a house with a little white fence and have a dog and, you know, live by myself and be happy. And he goes, so you want to be a lesbian? <laughs> and I was like, you know what, if that's what it takes for me to be happy, then that's what it takes for me to be happy. So it is what it is. But. We'll give it one, one last shot. so you know like it's it's fine it's whatever but i i mean from like the ages of like 15 to 20 my life changed astronomically like everything that i had planned at 15 by the time i was 20 like where i you know was already out the door like i missed the train yeah your your long-term plans couldn't go anywhere because your short-term plans didn't even make it. Yes. Yeah, so was, it was, that's, that's like, dev- and then that's devastating. So, you know, like I, and then, you know, I'm, I'm so like, let's skip ahead a few years. And I had moved to Virginia and like, I got pregnant early young and I had, I was at 20, I was a mom. And honestly, at that age, like 20, all I was looking at was how to get to the next day, like how to make it the next month without failing as a human and as a new, a brand new young mom. So like at 20, looking towards 40, didn't really make sense. That wasn't something I did. Is that weird? Like I just... At 20, since I was such a young mom, I just, 
And I was a single young mom who didn't really have a lot of, I wasn't in school anymore. Like I wasn't going to college. I was just working. So, you know, waiting tables, it's not like I was making millions of dollars or thousands even. Yeah. Just barely making it. (laughs) Barely making it. So like looking towards 40, I, I wasn't quite looking there yet. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's where I fucked up. Is I was so focused on surviving day by day that I wasn't focused on where I would be at 40 years old when I was 20. Right. And and I feel like most people at 20 who aren't parents <laughs> already and like figuring out how to provide and and survive, I'm sure they are thinking about what's going to be there at for them. 40, the, yeah. yeah, like if I was in college like I should have been, if I was preparing for my future like I should have been, then I would be thinking, well, what's supposed to be 40 like? What's 40 supposed to be like for me? But at 20, I wasn't thinking like a normal 20-year-old. Well, I think that we go from thinking about what we want, uh, you know, over the next 10 or 20 years. It changes a lot when you have a child and then you know that you're tied to that child forever now. So regardless of what your plans are or were... um, they're going to involve that kid, mm-hmm. you know, and so your plans suddenly become their plans. So their plans become your plans, you know, so you don't, I, at least I didn't really expect any, you know, I didn't have plans beyond like me thinking, okay, once Ethan was born, I was looking at what were his long-term goals. Right. And that's as far as I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. And it sucks. And like, you know, and then at 30, I was married and I had three kids. And honestly, I I wasn't in a very good place mentally at 30. Like nine years ago, my life was so different than it is right now. I almost don't even, when I think back to, to me nine years ago, that's a stranger. I don't even know her anymore. Yeah. I was in an unhappy marriage and I was living a very unhappy life. Um, I emotionally ate all my feelings and I had a lot of feelings and they weren't very happy feelings. But I was doing my best being a mom, Um, you know, trying to be a great mom or even a good mom. And I don't think that I, and even at 30, like I don't remember stopping and being like, okay, what is my life going to be like in 10 years for my next big milestone birthday? Yeah. I just think, okay, let me just, let's see what happens. Let's get to somewhere, do something with my life. Just along for the ride. Yeah. I was just along for the ride for so, I would say for the past 20 years, I've or for the past 19 years, I've kind of just been along for the ride. Since I became a mom, I, I've just kind of been along for the ride in life. Going yeah. through the motions. Yeah. Just to kind of make it to the next day. And it wasn't until you and I got involved that I realized that that's like a really crappy, it's a really shit way of thinking. Because you're not preparing yourself for your future. You're not trying to give your life, yourself and your children, a better future. Yeah, that just content. Yeah. Like... Yeah, Meh. Here, yeah. I'm here. I'm alive. I got to pay this next bill, so I yeah. should probably clock in. I got to, you know, I got to 
oh, it's 6 p.m. on a Wednesday, so let me go around and make dinner because I got to feed all these people. Like, it was it was all... There were happy times in my life. I don't want to say that, but... Um, I, it was contentment. It was obligation. It was me going through motions. I had no real plans for my future. Yeah. That really pisses me off now that I think about it. Like thinking back, I'm mad at myself for that. I think everybody has a period of time or multiple periods of time that that's the case though. I don't think that's an unusual situation at all. I think that's something everybody can relate to. Even if you've been in the same marriage for, you know, 10, 20, whatever years, it doesn't mean that every part of that was great. I I don't know if anybody would ever say that because, you know, even if one relationship is, you know, somehow better than another, they both have their their issues. And, And I think no matter what version of life you get, handed to you, whether it's at the top or the bottom or somewhere in the middle, you kind of just have an expectation of what you're supposed to be. And you just, you just do that. I'm distracted because you aren't wearing pants. (laughs) (sighs) I'm sorry. Don't kill it. Don't hurt me. Nothing's showing. <laughs> I know, but I just looked down. I noticed you were in your underwear. I have underwear on, so that's why it's weird that <laughs> you're not wearing pants. I wear shorts that sometimes creep up higher than my boxer briefs, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a deal. <laughs> Maybe not to you. Was that just you just going, balls? <laughs> Instead of squirrel? <laughs> yes. Balls. <laughs> I can see your balls. You can't, though. I know I can't. <laughs> Bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee tuna. Excuse me. But your balls are showing. I up. did. I thought I would be working with dead people at 40 and living alone with a cat or a dog. Probably one of both. But one of both. I, I feel one of each, but <laughs> I feel like as cool as that sounds. <laughs> I like the, I like my life that I think I'm going to have at 40, that I should have, that I'm planning to have. Yeah. I like it a little bit better. I'm happier with the, the, my actual outcome, I think. Yeah. I, uh. Is that weird? No, that, that means we're on the right track and we were both feeling that way. So that's good. You know, I feel like five and a half years ago when you and I reconnected, like I, it was like, that's when my adult life really started. Is that weird? Like, I I know that I already had kids and I had already been married and, you know, we were in our 30s, but I, something happened when you and I got together and it's something I actually think about all the time is how that's when my life really started. I was making plans for my future. We've talked about that. Like, I never had plans for my future until you came along. Yeah. And that's... So, I don't know. I'm happy with my... I think 39 is going to be a good year. I hope so. Yeah. I'm kind of tethered to that. I'm kind of... I'm pretty excited about... Uh, about We're going we're gonna to celebrate my birthday. Yeah? What are we going to do? Uh, Friday, we're going to go have dinner. And then we're going to go 80s dancing. Yeah. And then, sun, then Saturday, Lucas comes from New York. He's, That's a big day. He's moving here, yes. 
moving back home. And then, um, <clears throat> and then Sunday we're going to have family over and we're going to have some food and cake. Unic- unicorn cake. Which we just ordered. We did. At Randall's. It says, happy birthday, Lily and Jen. Lilith. Lilith. Specifically. It's Lilith's birthday. Lilith <laughs> shares a birthday with Jen. Literally. Yeah, we have the same birthday. So that's fun. We also kind of have the same attitude sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Mutually Codependent is sponsored exclusively by Syntex CBD and Texas Canna Health, Central Texas's trusted source of superior cannabis products since 2018. Visit SyntexCBD.net where you will get free shipping on orders over $50. And don't forget to use coupon code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5, for 15% off of your purchases. made a joke about her getting out (laughs) she's our cat she's a calico she's a little chubby she's very petite like short but she's round she's like me she's a small cat (laughs) but a big version no she's she's just like chubby she's just like a big old fat cat but you shrunk it (laughs) she's not full size she's like a a, half size a fun-sized Chonky. Yeah, a fun size chunk. She, uh, no, she's sweet baby. Calico. Yeah, she's, she'll be two. So she's a sweet girl. No, the other day we were making jokes about her that, like, we know she wouldn't do well outside, like, all the time because we make jokes, like, we worry about her inside, <laughs> like, her safety inside. So her safety outside is just not even in question. She's the clumsiest cat I've been around. Yeah, I and honestly, like when you said that, I was like, so like how you feel about me? <laughs> <laughs> like, I Jose had a cat that would walk along the upper banister of the second floor. Yeah, and it would walk on the outside of the railing. Are you talking about that cat that he was mean to? What do you mean? What's her name? Luna. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I forget. But I didn't. I didn't feel like that cat was gonna die. <laughs> Lily should but never. But if Lily tried that, I would freak out. I'd look for a pillow, <laughs> some way to catch her when she falls. A laundry basket and a, a pillow. Laundry basket. And a, that's a really good idea. I bet people have done that before. <laughs> I've watched a video. Of people doing it. Yeah. So like <laughs> I don't. Like stupid I don't, ass cat got somewhere it was supposed to be. I've always wanted to like <laughs> hang shelves on the walls so that cats yeah. can run up. But then, Killy, <laughs> Kitty Lily, as she got older, I realized that she wasn't the kind of cat that you would trust <laughs> to be climbing all over the walls. She's not athletic. <laughs> she isn't. She. Thought she, she makes, was sometimes. She makes noises when she jumps up and down from things. Like an old man. She's yeah. turning two. And every time <laughs> she does anything more than stand and walk, <laughs> if she hops up on the on the couch, just a little bit. Of, and then like if she jumps down, even from a chair. <laughs> and hearing her go downstairs. <laughs> it sounds like a human's running down the... <laughs> She's, she, yeah. Like a toddler, like a four-year-old's like running down the stairs. Boom, yeah. Boom. And when they're chasing each other, that's a whole lot of fun. Oh, Lily and Stormy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so our cat's birthday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is on Sunday. She'll be due. 
<laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so how about you? Like, what did you imagine 40 was going to be like when you were going through the ages? I thought 40 was going to be the time that I, like, settled down and that's <laughs> that's where it was. You know, like, that I was definitely going to have, like, kids and a family by 40. Uh, you know, that was an expectation. And then... Surprise! At, at 16... <laughs> well, yeah. At, like, 16, you know, I had some medical issues that um, there's a really good chance that I wouldn't be able to have kids. <laughs> and when you tell a teenage boy that, they try to prove you wrong. <laughs> See, the best part of that timing is most laughs turn into coughs, but not many coughs <laughs> turn into laughs. I was, I, he said something and I inhaled smoke like I swallowed a whole bunch of smoke. <clears throat> so I couldn't breathe. So that was distracting. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So I forgot what that whole story was. That you had some medical issues. Medical issues. Couldn't have a kid. Didn't think I was going to. Gonna. So when I was, you know, 17, I was like, dang, I'm just gonna be a massage therapist because I already kind of had a knack for it. I enjoyed doing it. I like the idea of like helping people feel better. And I was like, I'm gonna go to massage school and I'm going to uh, go to like get jobs at like resorts. And that was the only way I could see myself having the money, being able to afford to travel, because I didn't think that I could afford to go to school. And I had definitely not prepared myself to get into a good school uh, based on my high school activities. Um, so that's what I saw. That that was I was going to go do that. So I had some plans for like my 20s. Yeah. But I assumed by the time I was 30, I'd be settled down somewhere. I'd figure out where I wanted to live in, in the world. That was the whole point. I wanted to get out of this state, out of this country. I wanted to, you know, be able to travel. I wanted to work cruises. I wanted to be a massage therapist on cruises. Because That's you, a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you're not working the whole time. You know, I understand it's not like, a joy ride, but it is, Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, especially for somebody who really didn't see a way, another way for me to be able to afford to travel. So it was like, I want to do cruises and then I want to use the cruises to figure out which resorts I wanted to stick around at. That's smart. And then, <laughs> you know, just save money. And, and then, and the, then I would be able to say like, okay, this potential partner that I have, uh, you know, maybe I couldn't afford to go to college and get a good you know, job, but I've prepared by having this huge down payment for a fucking house when I decide where I'm going to live. Yeah. You know, that was kind of what I was thinking. That was my, my version of preparedness. Um, and I think I might've been okay with that. I think yeah. I might've done that well because I I think the, the hardest thing to not do in that situation is like to get into drugs and like, cause that would be too easy, you know? And that that would, uh, but you're not that, I'm kind, not that of kind of person, person. right? You yeah. would have been able to, I, I would use everybody else as the example of what not to do, yeah. Be like, no, I'm good, thanks. It's <laughs> like the guys get their sign on bonuses in the military and go buy the latest and greatest big car, 
Yeah. You know, it's like, guys, that could have been a down payment on a house, man. Like, think about your future. Well, a lot of them have to move. You know? All the time. Yeah, well, or, or, you know, something. But their their car is just a depreciating value. Like, just, you know, whatever. Uh, So... Uh, that's what I wanted to do, the opposite of that. I wanted to be able to travel for basically free, and uh, I even considered being a flight attendant. I thought about being a flight attendant after Lucas was born. They yeah. were hiring, and I went for the interview. And Well, I was going to go for the interview, but to be honest, my mom and my grandmother... And my aunt were like, you're probably not going to get hired because you just had a baby and you're a little overweight. (laughs) So I didn't even go. And then I was like, I bet I could have. um, I bet I could have uh, definitely gotten that job and been a flight attendant. Yeah. Yeah, really, I just wanted whatever could get me out of town. Yeah, I I get that. That's that's what I was looking for. To and see the world. And that was my backup plan. You know what my main <laughs> plan was? What? Well, I was in that band. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, we're starting to get booked. That's cool. <laughs> Graffiti's doesn't count. They let anybody play. No, <laughs> that was one of the smaller places we played. We did we did have shows that had, you know, at least a dozen people. <laughs> No, no, we had we had bigger shows than that, but um, that's more people than were at the Kelly Osbourne show at La Zona Rosa. Oh God, really? That many people showed up? Funny thing, funny, funny thing, really funny thing, and a coincidence that you mentioned it there because the person <laughs> that I was in a band with, yeah, <clears throat> uh, at that time, Marco, his sister was on a reality TV show. From on MTV, the like becoming or whatever, I think that's what it was, or a day in the life of whatever. Yeah, I think it was day in the life of, uh, and it was Kelly Osbourne. Oh, and they like gave her the haircut and like did the makeup and everything. (laughs) Yeah, um. (laughs) So it was interesting, uh, and and so I I saw one of uh, Kelly actually apparently they met and she was. A really wonderful person. Yeah, she apparently really, she, they all seem like that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the And she, you know, talked about how, how nice she was, and she had given her one of her gold records. And so she had that hanging on her wall. I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> I don't know how, how much it costs to have a copy of one of those made, but it, I was, don't know. it was neat that she yeah. gave her one. Um <clears throat> So yeah, that was that was interesting. I was, but I thought that you know what, I was playing bass in a band. I was just getting to the point where I was learning why I was playing the notes I was playing and starting to really think about music theory. And because I had been in orchestra, starting in fifth grade, I played cello, and so I'd always like really had music around me. My dad played drums. His dad played everything else. Um, you know, so. I had music in the blood, but they had zero influence in me, uh, you know, <laughs> on me in, in like yeah. contact wise. I didn't, I hardly knew them. Either yeah. One right. of them. Um, so like, I, I guess if, it, if there is a genetic, uh, propensity, what word am I thinking? These, this marshmallow is good. I like it. It's not overwhelming, but it's, yeah. I, if there's a genetic predisposition to music, 
I got that probably, you know? Um, but I don't even know where I was going with that. <clears throat> I don't know. Because you were in a band. Yeah, I was in a band. And that's and, what you thought. And you, that's what I thought. You thought I you could were be a famous musician. I could, not necessarily famous because I was a bass player. <laughs> so I didn't really think about <laughs> fame as much as like, I could at least be a studio musician because uh, I I'm, I was always pretty good at sight reading and just like playing and like, uh, you know, not necessarily the most creative bass player, but I could lay down a fucking bass line or whatever. So, yeah. and I thought that there's money in doing that as like a studio musician. And so I figured between being a studio musician and the massage, I, I really had kind of a dual thing. I could move to wherever opportunity and I could do both in anywhere. So that was kind of my, my plan. I was looking up famous bassist. Yeah. Because I know that there are some pretty famous bassists. Like Getty Lee? Yes, actually. And Les Claypool. Of course. And Lemmy. And Flea. Flea, yes. <clears throat> I I honestly don't... Uh, I never... I, I never spent a lot of time learning other people's music. Like, I could kind of hear something and like, okay, this is kind of what it is, but... I always just liked playing the original stuff that we had because when I started in that band, they already had all these songs and stuff written. So I they just needed to monkey on a bass, and I had just got my bass like three weeks before. So <laughs> that's all I had the that's capacity all they needed. to do. That's all they needed. And, and, you know, we were, you know, two and a half years later, we were a different band than how we started for sure. Right. But um, that's how it started. Um <laughs> I'm lighting her pre-roll because I was about to light mine so she just started cramming her face under the mic towards me <laughs> so that I would get the hint no, Excuse me. no other like no eye contact <laughs> no like hey right here like none of this none of these actions that usually happen you know the like, little hey. the little eyebrow moves <laughs> none of that of it was just like Ooh, like that's what I saw. <laughs> it was just her coming towards me with a pre-roll in her mouth. Mm-hmm. But I, I got the hint. That was the only hint I needed. It was pretty direct, so I understood. So maybe that's just what I have <laughs> that, required you to like stoop down to that level so I actually get those non-verbal that, cues. That video that you sent me yesterday, the ADHD <laughs> video about people with ADHD, how they can't, like the communicating... Yeah, or the, the other milk. day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do that all the time. I I'm do like, that a lot. I'm like, what? Wh- hold on. <laughs> I I don't know what you just said. It was about two sentences long. But I, it didn't make sense. The words that I heard in the order that I heard them don't really mean anything. <laughs> and, and it's usually <laughs> exacerbated by exacerbated. Yeah, that's a good word, and I said it right the first time. And everything. I think I said it right. Is that how you say it? Exacerbated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the intoxication helped with that, I think. But it is something that that I struggle understanding you sometimes. Lucas got in trouble one time in kindergarten at church because he said he was exacerbated. 
<laughs> and he was like five and they pulled us like out of church and they were like excuse me but your child using very appropriate language and I was like what did he say and he was like exacerbated fuck I can't even say it now exacerbated exacerbated and he was like and I said that's not a bad word <laughs> <laughs> and they had the that word's like, got too much science in it. <laughs> she was like fifty, like a fifty-year-old woman. She had no idea that that was a real. She thought he was talking about masturbating at five years old. No, he's like, I told you. To be when fair, he, when he told him, when I came over, he looked at her and he goes, "I told you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I remember one time in preschool at a La Petite Academy. Oh God. In uh, somewhere in Oklahoma. Um, in somewhere in Oklahoma. I don't know if it was Stillwater or Cushing, but um, I I remember I have a few memories there, um, but <clears throat> one really strong one was we had to make this poster board. Yeah. And everybody was given a letter, and you had to cut out things from a magazine Mm -hmm. that were that started with your letter okay and i got k Uh uh-huh and i understood at that age because i could read yeah that k doesn't always start with k you know like knife or Or no or yeah do you know you knew that that knife yeah started with a k yeah (laughs) so we're gonna yeah and 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 night like, you know, Knights of the Round Table, things like yeah. that. So I included things on my board mm-hmm. that started with K, but not with the K sound. Oh, you're in trouble. And they didn't let me present it because they were afraid it was going to be confusing for the other children. It's really hard being the smartest person in the room sometimes. And I'm, I'm <sighs> saying that, like, not sarcastically at all. There were many times that I, I remembered that as a child. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, no, let's, this isn't usually how things go. No, let's, sorry, you're too uh, smart, so we're going to punish you. It's weird that it feels that way, but... It's definitely what Like, it I was. remember feeling, because the the only reason I started playing cello in fifth grade is because I was in the, like, whatever they're accelerated, I think they called it, like, gifted and talented or something. Yeah. And there was, like, a critical thinking class <laughs> or something that they, that we had, and I... In fifth grade, I think we had three different teachers usually, but like once a week or something, they would take like the eight smart kids in fifth grade. That's it. There was only eight of us. Was that in Texas? Oh, yeah. That That was was Oklahoma. Oh, that was Oklahoma. Yeah, that was in Stillwater. Okay. And there was like eight of us uh, in that class. (laughs) But uh, we got like an hour at the end of the school day or something, every day or something, and then once a week or twice a week, it would be a music day. Oh, okay. And that's what they the the guy who was the music teacher of eight people, because <laughs> it was the same teacher, I think. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But um, it was, you, you could be, you know, violin, cello, or bass. I don't even yeah. think you could, they, that they were doing viola, because there was only eight of us. They were like, just <laughs> fucking figure it out. Do you want to... It was probably four instruments, and there were they probably had two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I believe I did use their cello. 
because that was the one that had the most range. It, it could get deep, but it wasn't bass. Bass, I felt like you couldn't really hear very well. Yeah. Well, it turns out that uh, mm-hmm. that there was a reason I thought that. Why? Well, that the first time that I had band practice, it wasn't even band practice, it was an audition, right? And I didn't even know that that's what it was. I thought I was just going to go hang out yeah. and, and meet the guys who wanted to be in this band. Because Marco worked with me at HEB, and he was like, hey, man, do you know any drummers or bassists? <laughs> and I was like, I just bought a bass like two weeks ago at Mars. It was on sale. Mars music. <laughs> Mars music. They were going out of business, and that's when I bought my bass for like a hundred. Remember Mars music. One hundred and forty-two dollars or something is a Yamaha bass. I still have it. It's in our living room. Hang yeah. Up. So um, I was like, I just bought a bass, uh, but I used to play cello. And he goes, Huh? What are you doing tonight? I was like, I don't know. What are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever it is, like a game. <laughs> Mutually Codependent is sponsored exclusively by Syntex CBD and Texas Canna Health, Central Texas's trusted source of superior cannabis products since 2018. Visit SyntexCBD.net for all your cannabis needs and use code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5, for 15% off your purchases. And he's like, well, we're going to get together. I've got this friend of mine. We've been writing music, but we're ready to actually put it together as a band. Yeah. And so we just want to hear, you know, what it sounds like with a few different people. And I didn't understand that that meant you're going to come audition for this band. Like, no, no, that's not what I, I just bought this bass two weeks ago. I felt like that made it clear that this is not a serious <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but apparently he was like, Meh, good enough. You know, he just needed a, you know, a monkey on a bass. They had the, the bass lines written. The guy who wrote the lyrics was a much better bass player than I ever was, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he wanted to, to, to sing. So that's what he did. And he wrote great lyrics. And so I, I show up and I was like, well, I even told him, I don't even have an amp at this point. I just had a bass. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, no, he's he's got an amp. Well, that's because he played bass much better than I ever did. Uh, and so I used his amp, and then I tuned on the little toony bob, and then I'm all right. And then Marco looks at me, and he just hits his, his string. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And he's staring at me like I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. <laughs> did you tell him? Be like, I have no idea what I'm doing, man. I Well, I thought that was clear. Yeah, I just <laughs> bought this bass two weeks ago. I even told Ian that. When I got there too, and he was like, "Already, who is this guy, and why is he here?" Yeah. <laughs> and there was a drummer, uh, Richard, and I didn't realize that was his first time playing with either one of them. <laughs> Did he? Was that your drummer after that? Yeah. So that he they just like <laughs> randomly invited two people, and we're like, okay, super fucking random. They had already auditioned a few other people though. Oh. Like uh, we weren't the first people. I don't think any other bases though. Let's be honest, <laughs> because I'm staring at him, and he's like. A and I was like, yes, that, that's the A. <laughs> like that, that's the A. I was like, A, and then uh, and then I was like, yeah, A, and I hit it. I'm like, what do you, I wish I could have been there to watch this. What do you mean? <laughs> it's embarrassing. What do you mean? It's an A. I get it. It's an A. Cool. Uh-huh. Why is it an A though? Um, and he's like, and, and I look at Ian like, what is happening right now? And he's like. 
were tuning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, A, my A, your A. I was like, yeah, I tuned. And he's like, no, we're, we got to tune together and make sure <laughs> that, that if one of us is off, we're, we're at least both I off. I can see you like just totally clueless, smiling like an idiot. And I'm like, just like, I've never played with a group of people before. <laughs> Did you tell them that? Yes, I okay. told them that. The only group of people would be like if there happened to be two acoustic guitars in a room. That was me playing <laughs> with a count. group of people. Right. No, it doesn't. And uh, we were hardly ever playing the same song uh, <laughs> in those situations. But so anyway, I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking A. And he's like, A. And then, uh, and then, <laughs> then Ian looks up and he looks, at, he looks at me. What? Is it recording? Something was wrong, and we turned it all off and turned it back on again. And it sounds right. And now it sounds good again. So, right in the middle of that freaking story. So, okay, so uh, Ian is, like, looking at me, like, just totally disappointed in this choice of people in front of him. And uh, Marco's like, I don't know, like, like, and so he just, like, he leans in, he grabs the peg, and goes, you're a little flat. And because I was off and he yeah. could hear that and I, I couldn't. And so I was like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I've never tuned with, uh, a, you know, a band before. Yeah. I, you know, I told him I just bought this thing. And, yeah. And he's just so disappointed. He's just, <laughs> I can tell. I've never met this guy before. Uh, you know, he's got like a long goatee, like all these like pagan tattoos and um, ends up being a really cool fucking guy. But at that point and just meeting him, by the way, I'm 16. Yeah. I'm by far the youngest person. <coughs> he's already 21 by then, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, twenty one mm-hmm. or twenty two, Marco was was twenty or twenty one, and Richard, the drummer, was thirty six. Holy shit! He yeah. was like a grown ass adult. He was an old fucking man. He was a, he already had a career in the U.S. Army. <laughs> he was in a, the army. He was a he was um, a mechanic, but only because on his final parachute jump in ranger training, he broke his fucking ankle. Oh, the last he was like, I was done. That was the last thing. That was the last fucking thing, <laughs> you know, and they were like, well, you can't be a ranger anymore because that is <laughs> never going to heal. Right. No. And uh, and so he was like, well, fuck it. I'll be a mechanic. And he did. And he like earned like some medals and shit because that's cool. Was, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so very different people in this room. Uh, Incredibly you know, different. Marco and I worked at HB, and uh, Ian was a—he was like a store manager already at like 22 at Eckerd's. <laughs> Do you remember Eckerd's? Yes. Uh, Eckerd's was purchased by CVS, I believe. Yes. Um, so now it's just CVS. But um, anyway, so I—he—he he literally just goes, "Let me see your base," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." And I handed it to him. The two of them tuned within 30 seconds. He handed it back to me. That was basically, that was, that was it. (laughs) And I think, I think I had listened to a few of the songs that they had recorded. Yeah. uh, Like the demos that they had recorded. So I kind of had an idea of what, what they were looking for, Mm -hmm. but they literally had the songs written. 
So I just had to to play. Yeah. And fast forward about an hour and a half, we had three songs down that we all had memorized and we could play through. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so it went from like this incredible disappointment to slightly (laughs) less disappointment, I think. Uh, uh, And they were like, all right, well, do we want to do this again tomorrow? And we're like, yeah. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, you you learned really fucking fast. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I should probably buy an amp. And he goes, you should probably buy an amp. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept borrowing amps for a while. I just didn't have the money for an amp. And we were paying for the music space and stuff. And then I started renting one. Because I could afford the the fourteen dollars a month at Rock and Roll Rentals or whatever it was, oh. so I rented an amp for a long time. Yeah, too. Um, I actually got an amp right like a month or two before they kicked me out of the band. <laughs> two years later, yeah. Two years later, yeah. So that was my thing. I was going to be music a musically inclined massage therapist. And then I figured my as I got older and was going to slow down, I didn't want to do resort-style massage anymore. I figured I'd go into sports massage. And I could help out a lot of people that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I could work for a big sports team or something like that. Or just find a college team. Or, you know, they have, you know, physical therapists and stuff. And so that that's <clears throat> what I thought uh, life was going to look like by 40. I would calm down. Settle down, I mean. And, yeah. And be raising kids. And, uh... Hey, at 40, you will be raising kids. Yeah, that's true. A um, kid. Just a lot older than I thought that they would be when I was 40. <laughs> My idea yeah. Was, you know, when I was 20, that had all changed. I was, yeah. You know, Ethan was was uh, uh, already there. He was already a year old. Uh, so my plans for 40 at 20 was, like, just fucking making it through. Just like you said. I, I really related a lot to that. Um, mm-hmm. Just the idea that, I, all right, I can, uh, I, I can make it. Uh, you know, that was my goals. I just needed to pay the bills and deal with his mother. Uh, yeah. You know, that was what I had to do uh, until he was at least a teenager is what I thought. I was like, I, I really thought that no matter how bad it got, uh, I was going to stick around because I didn't want her to be the only person raising him. You know? Right. Uh, so I had to stick around, and then I finally, uh, you know, by the time I was thirty, looking at forty, is when I kind of moved out, and I had no clue what forty was going to look like. Yeah, it's it's when you've when your adult life from like twenty to thirty looks like ours did, not how I feel like a lot of people's do. You know, like most people, I feel like between the ages of 20 and 30, they're either in college or they're they're building some form of career and to set them up. And then they're meeting people, getting married, then having kids. And like you and I had kids super young and like we didn't do things tra- in that traditional sense at all, um, which is fine. Everybody has their own path, as we've told all of our kids but, like, you and I from 20 to 30, like, we were just trying to make it. Yeah. And then at 30, like, you were 
you know, in the process of getting divorced and having this whole different life. Yeah, and I think my idea of what I was going to be when I was 40 and what's the reality is probably not too far off, to be honest. Yeah. You know, with different different emphases, emphasis on different things, um, you know, but... We're having plans for the next few years, and we're excited about those. And I don't yeah. think those plans were really far off from what I would have planned to my 40s to be after I had experienced the things that I wanted to experience. Oh. Oh, my she God. She hates going ash to mouth. <laughs> I do hate ash to mouth. <laughs> I put my pre-roll in my mouth on the not the right side. So I put the burnt part in my mouth. Gross. Oh, my God. You know how many drunk girls I've seen light a cigarette the wrong way in a fucking bar? Uh, Probably a lot. I mean, only like two. I don't spend much time in bars, but it seems to happen a lot there. That makes sense. I always know when I'm too intoxicated to be comfortable is because I have to close an eye to use my phone or to read. Or to text. Because your wonkiness, you can't control it anymore? No, just because I can't. It's how I... It's how I read. No, but I'm telling you why. Why? Well, because when you get intoxicated, your eye does go a little sideways. And so you're having Uh, trouble focusing with both of your eyes because they're looking (laughs) at two different things. (laughs) That's why you're closing your eye. I never realized that. I just... I mean, I've done it for as long as I can remember. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Yeah, like. Even when you're tired, it's a little, sometimes when you wake up and you open your eyes and then 30 seconds later, they're different. Yeah. Yeah. They start out a little less straight. Mm. That's, I'm sorry. No, it's adorable. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not adorable. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't tell me my business, devil woman. <laughs> you know what that's from? I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> the, the first one. You know what it was from? <laughs> no. It was from uh, Billy Madison. Oh. The old man. Oh, that's like, right. Don't put it out with your boots, Ted. <laughs> Don't tell me my business, devil woman. Isn't that his wife? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call the fire department. This one's out of control. And he starts stomping it out. She's shit in a bag, man. Yeah, and he goes, it's poop again. <laughs> he called the shit poop. You know? I loved that movie when I was a child. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. Like my idea. Of I think Adam I Sandler could rewatch it. Kids' idea of Adam Sandler are very different. Yeah, very, very different. <sighs> I owned I owned Billy Madison on VHS. On VHS. Yeah, for for real, for real. That's a that's a tape. It is a cassette tape. It is a cassette tape. Not like a not like it's when you listen to music, cassette. a video cassette, video. Yeah, VCR. What's VHS video. stand for? Well, VCR. Video is... Home Services. What? I don't know. I was guessing. 
I don't know. Um, but uh, it's not important. No, <laughs> no one fucking not. cares. <laughs> no, anyway, everybody is googling it, so I'm just gonna. Do it. <laughs> Anybody listening is like, God damn it! What the fuck is a VHS? <laughs> it is a standard for consumer level analog video recordings on a tape cassette, invented in 1976 by the Victor Company of Japan. This is it's still not telling us what the abbreviations stand for. V. Video home system. I was VHS. close. You, I said video learned. home services. Yeah, which is a weird word to choose, but uh, system does make sense. Very logically named things in science. Um, I think that, but okay, but so let's, you know, go past the v- VHSs and VCRs. And I think that, f- I mean, I know that 39s, I have a whole year of 39 before I get to 40. And... But I'm excited for 40. I'm excited for my 40s. Like, our kids are going to be grown up, and we're going to be moving and to our forever place. The VHS standard is in its 40s. <laughs> of course it is. 47 years old. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, its lifespan was 32 years. We have outlived VHS. <laughs> we have outlived the VHSs. We have a VHS player. We do. Yes, it's new. We have to. We should play some videos on it. Actually, we need to import it all onto the computer, like we've been talking about. Yeah, true that. So that's cool. That's cool. What? Uh, what time is it? I don't know. It's about that time. We got it. We yeah. I think it's about that time. It's about that time. It's close enough. I think it's close enough. Yeah, and sorry about the recording. Uh, I hope it doesn't sound too terrible, and we yeah, don't have to do that this was whole weird. thing over again. Well, if we do, we do. <laughs> yeah. So. Thanks for listening, everybody. <clears throat> that was a lot, and it wasn't me. And it wasn't even a burp. It didn't come out. No, it's just stuck in your throat. Oh, that's fucking weird. Yeah, so for more of that fun content, follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and TikTok and YouTube at mutually codependent. It's codependent. Dope. Co- dope. Dope. D-O-P-E. That sounds like a sentence. D-O-P-E. When I re- I can reach I can touch you if I reach across like this. He's so lucky to have me. <laughs> Stroking my arm (laughs) With my wonky eye (laughs) (laughs) No you're not quite that high yet Okay guys bye Okay love you bye Hey guys while you're hitting that subscribe button Don't forget to follow us on social media Where you can find behind the scene recordings And other bonus content Find us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok At Mutually Codependent